Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Yale Global Online is the flagship publication of the Yale Center for the Study of Globalization and explores the implications of the world's growing interconnectedness through people, products, and ideas. China's new economic plan tackles the rebalancing puzzle. The new five-year plan could inspire citizen confidence with focus on the social safety net and quality growth. Written and read by Stephen S. Roach for Yale Global Online. China's leaders are taking dead aim on the missing piece of the nation's most daunting structural problem: changing the behavioral norms of fearful and uncertain Chinese families. This is a step in the right direction as China now comes face to face with the transitional imperatives of an urgent shift from the producer model of the past to the consumer model of the future. China's fifth plenum of the Central Committee of the 18th Party Congress was held on October 26th through 29th. It came at a critical juncture, facing serious challenges at home and abroad. The nation's leadership endorsed a draft of the long-awaited 13th five-year plan, a strategic roadmap that will frame China's economic and social priorities for the period from 2016 to 2020. Detailed provisions of the new plan will not be available until formal presentation to the National People's Congress next March. Three indications of the plan's broad thrust are evident in the communique of the just-concluded fifth plenum. First, the communique refers elliptically to China's objectives to stay the course of quote medium-high economic growth. End of quote. It took follow-up speeches by Premier Li and then by President Xi Jinping to translate that into a GDP growth target of around 6.5 percent over the next five years. That's basically the growth answer that could meet China's long-standing promise to double overall per capita incomes、uh, over the 2010 to 2020 timeframe. Unsurprisingly, this represents a modest slowdown. From the original 7% target of the previous five-year plan, however, with actual growth over the past five years, now looks like it will average about 7.8%, which is somewhat faster than planned. The downshift of 6.5% may feel more abrupt. The slowdown has long been telegraphed. The world's second-largest economy is simply incapable of staying the course of its former hypergrowth trajectory realized from 1980 to 2010. The reasons are well documented: macroeconomic imbalances, excessive resource consumption, environmental degradation and pollution, and mounting income inequalities. The design of the 13th five-year plan reflects the familiar refrain of China's inevitable transition to a more sustainable growth trajectory, as the Chinese would say, a shifting emphasis on quality over quantity in framing the growth experience. Second, the new plan reaffirms the structural rebalancing toward services and consumption that was initiated in the twelfth five-year plan. The upcoming plan underscores the critical point that the mix of the economy matters much more than an overall GDP target. That point, of course, continues to fall on deaf ears in the West, where the fixation on China's headline GDP growth remains unwavering. As before, the stress on services and consumer-led rebalancing. Does not mean that China is ignoring its traditional sources of growth. 
the fifth plenum makes repeated references to a more sophisticated and innovative manufacturing sector. It stressed the, quote, Made in China 25, end of quote, campaign, driven by entrepreneurship and new business formation. It also emphasized state-directed focus on strategic emerging industries, from biotech and electric cars to alternative energy and new materials, as well as what they call Internet Plus, driven by cloud and big data-based increases in e-commerce. This is in keeping with the Chinese leadership's long-emphasized innovations-based strategy that it correctly believes is essential to avoid the dreaded so-called middle-income trap, a condition in which fast-growing developing economies are typically stymied when they hit income levels close to that currently attained by China. But there is a third area of focus in the new 13th five-year plan that breaks from the recent past, a willingness to up the ante on the social safety net as a catalytic force in turbocharging consumer-led rebalancing. The 12th five-year plan was effective in laying the groundwork for this transformation, mainly by boosting personal income and by fostering an increasingly services-based industrial structure of the Chinese economy. But that plan was not effective in moving the needle on private consumption. Services are now more than half the Chinese GDP, up markedly from the 44% share at the onset of the 12th five-year plan in 2011. But private consumption has only inched up to 37% of GDP from the 35% share over that same five-year time period. There is a disconnect between solid growth in services and labor income generation on the one hand and minimal growth in discretionary consumption on the other. This stems largely from understandable fears of an insecure future which continue to grip Chinese families. As a result, newfound income continues to be skewed more towards saving rather than spending. The saving rate of urban households exceeded 30% in 2014, up significantly from the 24% rate a decade earlier. The fifth plenum addresses this key constraint directly, endorsing universal enrollment in retirement and critical illness health care plans are important new steps in that direction. The same is true of the related willingness to deploy state capital to fund such initiatives. Equally important is a new emphasis on targeting increases in HUCO-based urbanization, that is, the household registration of the urban population. In essence, this reform would provide portability to the social welfare benefits of China's some 270 million migrant workers. Currently, around half the Chinese population lives and works in urban areas, yet only about a third of the people actually receive social benefits in their place of residency. The only way to close that gap and address the insecurity of migrant workers is by pushing ahead on hukou reform, that is, allowing migrant workers to transfer their residency permits from their place of birth to their place of employment. A shift in China's family planning policy is the icing on the cake. The one-child policy was officially implemented in 1980 to contain a population explosion that China simply could not afford at the time. It has long been recognized as unsustainable. The hope now is that a prompt shift from one to two children per family can address both an unbalanced population and an increasingly serious aging problem. Indeed, there is good reason to believe that China may have already spent the demographic dividend of a surge in its working age population. However, even if a doubling of child rearing were to occur immediately, 
that would do little to offset the decline in the working age population, the United Nations demographers place at 1% annually between now and 2020. The soonest any demographic relief might be expected for the shrinkage in China's working age population would be 2030. Still, the shift from a one to a two child Chinese family planning policy is an important step in the right direction. All in all, the fifth plenum, in conjunction with the 13th five-year plan that it foreshadows, focuses on the most important missing pieces in China's strategic rebalancing puzzle, the insecurity that has prevented Chinese families from playing a more active role in what the leadership has long called a moderately prosperous society. Without converting that fear into confidence, there can be no consumer-led China. As China's challenges intensify, speedy and effective implementation of the 13th five-year plan becomes all the more vital. Stephen S. Roach is a faculty member at Yale University and former chairman of Morgan Stanley Asia. He is the author of Unbalanced, The Codependency of America and China, published in 2014 by Yale University Press. This and other Yale Global articles can be found at yaleglobal.yale.edu.